Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I want to, I want to pick back up with the covenants. And the reason is because the Lord spoke to my heart about foundations, about making sure we are on the right foundation. And uh, we're, we're building on no other foundation than that which was laid. You know, Moses had a, had a, had a divine encounter about uh, erecting the tabernacle or the temple. And we see Jesus comes and in the new covenant, we become the temple of God. And we know that, that, that the apostles laid on the foundation of Jesus Christ. He is the solid rock and the solid foundation. All other ground is sinking sand. And they began to build the church. And, uh, and, and so uh, it, it was laid out specifically the, 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 what it's supposed to look like. And so uh, we, we, want, we want to get back to that because we've gotten so far away from that in this nation. How we do church and how we do Christianity. We are... Uh, and, and COVID and other things exposed our foundation. You know, the foundation, you don't know what your foundation on a house looks like or is made of because it's underneath the ground. But when a storm comes, it exposes it. And, and that's what we've had in this world. We found out a lot of people's foundation was absolutely on sinking sand. And so we want to be on the right foundation. We want to build on the biblical principles in God's word that work. And, and we want to be on uh, those promises. And so one thing we're going to start out with is the covenants. And then we're going to go into uh, uh, some of the what we believe as believers. And we're going to be on solid, unshakable foundation. And we're going to have ourselves ready that if uh, shutdown number two were ever to occur, we know how to do church at home. We know how to do church if we're scattered, if we're persecuted. We know if they take me off, the next person knows how to get up here and keep doing church. So we're going to get ourselves equipped for, for doing church the way church has been done for centuries, and God's going to prepare us as we uh, seek Him. But, but one very important thing, you know, we started off uh, a couple of weeks ago with the Abrahamic covenant, and we read this chapter, or this, uh, we started off with this uh, proverb, uh, chapter and verse. Proverbs 9.1 says this, wisdom hath built her house, and she has hewn for herself seven pillars. And we said these covenants are like Pillars. They're like, they're like these pillars. And the first pillar that, that God's revealing something over a hundreds and thousands of years, He's revealing His plan of salvation. He's revealing it through each one of these covenants. And He's building something into us of strength and character so that when we get to the new covenant, we are absolutely secure in our relationship with God. We're absolutely on firm foundation. We, you know, we cannot be... What God has joined together... Let no man separate. We're absolutely uh, assured of our, of our salvation, assured of our foundation. We are assured that, we, that He has us and, and, and nobody can pluck us from His hands. And so uh, these covenants just keep revealing one more aspect of the character of God. And we've looked at two of them. We started out, if you go to the first slide, we started out a few weeks ago with the Adamic covenant. And we said that's a covenant of works. It's a covenant of works that it's instituted. We said God wanted relationship with man. He wanted to have a relationship with him. And so He did that. He instituted that in covenants. He brought covenants in. And it's an agreement between two parties where they agree to terms. And if they agree to terms, they often uh, you know, have a fellowship together. They have a fellowship meal together. And uh, we've talked about marriage covenant. Uh, you know, in a marriage covenant, two parties come together. They agree to certain terms. 
At the end of it, they have a reception. The two families sit together. They eat and they fellowship. We have salt covenants in the Bible, but we have seven that, are, 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 that we call major covenants. And, and we started out in the first week with the Adamic covenant, and we said it was a covenant of works. And there was one command. There was one agreement between man and God. And, and it was you can, have all, you can eat of all the trees in the garden, but of one you may not eat. For if you eat of it, it will become sin to you, and you will surely die. And we know that man in that covenant of works could not even keep his end of the bargain with one command. He broke that one command. And God did what He said. He said, if you eat of that command, and we had a nice slide the last time where God moved them out of the garden. But God said He did something to protect the garden. And He did something to protect them. He put a cherubim. We said cherubim they, it guards the mercy seat. It guards the mercy of God everywhere in the Bible. And He put the flaming sword there, which is the Word of God. So in order to get back in to the right relationship with God, the man would have to keep the entirety of God's law. If he could keep the entirety of God's law, then, then, then God would let him back into that place with him. But the, the mercy of God would be extended to him. But we know that man cannot and could not keep his end of the bargain. And so God continued on the next week. He didn't establish it new covenant, but he continued the other covenant on in a noatic covenant. And it was a covenant of grace. God decided, we said it was like a coin, where if you sat on one side of the coin, you got heads, and on the other you have tails. It's one covenant, but you have on one side, you have a covenant of works, and on the other side you have a covenant of grace. God said, what I'm going to do with Noah is I still want to give man, because what I told man I was going to give him in this covenant, I was going to give him my power, I was going to give him my presence and I was going to give him my provision. And we know that God promised that to Adam if he would keep his end of the bargain. And we know that when he failed, he was locked out of that. But God still offered those things to him. But we see that he was going to cover the whole world. All of the sin, all of the wickedness because we know mankind spread out over the earth and we know that wickedness began to increase. And God said, I'm going to have to cover this wickedness with my grace. So I'm going to flood the entire earth and, and I'm going to cover all the wickedness with my grace. But I want Noah, I want you to build an ark. I want to give you my presence. I want to give you my power. I want to give you my provision. And so if you'll build an ark, I, 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 then I'm going to buoy you up with my grace. I'm going to destroy everything, but my grace will come in and buoy you up. And this time it won't be man trying to keep his end of the bargain. This time it will be totally me keeping my, the bargain. It will be me booing you up. It will be me holding you up. It will be me preserving you. And in that ark was God's presence. In that ark was God's power keeping them safe. And in that ark was God's provision that was there. And so we see this. It, that God's grace will flood over the entire earth, a sinful world and cover it with His grace. And there will be a new beginning. They came out and those eight souls, eight being new beginning, they come out in a new beginning. And that's exactly what happens with Christ. Christ's blood covered the old covenant of works. It covered all the handwritten ordinances that were against us. It covered all of our sin and all of our shame and all of our failures. He washed it away with the shedding of His blood and old things are passed away. And now behold, there's a new beginning in Christ and everything becomes new. Amen? And so now we come to the next four, four covenants 
And this is going to be a new covenant today. And we're going to see in the Abrahamic covenant and in the next four where Jesus is explicitly revealed in every one of these covenants. He is explicit. You can see him plain as day in these covenants. And it's a reflection of his saving grace. And so today we're going to see in the Abrahamic covenant, we saw a covenant of works. We saw a covenant of grace. Today we're going to see something very important with the seed. With the seed. And you're going to see Christ revealed in every covenant here. And you're going to see that the word karat means a new covenant. And that's what that Adamic covenant was. But the kum there is a continuation. That's what the Noadic covenant it was it continued on and then today we're going to have a brand new one again karat the hebrew word there and it's going to be a brand new covenant that god's going to do and he's going to promise us something that's going to continue on in all these other covenants that you're going to begin to see christ revealed up again and again and again and again in these covenants here and you're going to see the promise in genesis 12 you're going to see in genesis 15 the new covenant and in genesis 17 you're uh, you're going to see or that cut covenant here and then you're going to see a continuation of where he establishes this covenant. And so let's dive in. But before we do, and I start unveiling the Abrahamic covenant, Genesis 3.15 is something very important because when Adam broke this covenant and God confronts Adam and Eve in their sin, he does something immediately that's amazing with God. He begins to reveal to them a promise that's absolutely powerful that he begins to tell them. He speaks a promise to them that is, is just amazing. And here's what it is. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed and it shall bruise the head and thy, thy, and thy shall bruise uh, his heel. In other words, the seed of Eve is going to one day crush the head of the serpent. What a promise. I mean, immediately they sin. And God has these covenants. He, from the foundation of the world, He's had this plan over the centuries and over time of saving mankind. And in each pillar, He's building something strong. And He's unveiling and revealing more of His nature, more of His character, more of His plan. And here we have nothing less today. In the Abrahamic covenant, He is about to reveal how He is going, how God, God, not man, God is going to save the world. God is going to save mankind. And it's all about the seed in the Abrahamic covenant. Not seeds. Seed. It's about the seed that is coming. And so we know that in the garden, we know that God, before the fall, we know that Adam and God walked together. And we know that they walked intimately together. And, uh, and, and so here, we're going to see eight times today where God came down and walked uh, or, or spoke to Abraham. And I want to show those to you real quick because in all eight visitations you're going to see a revealing of Christ a revealing of Christ and the coming seed and the and the promised one so the first visitation that you see in the Abrahamic covenant is this now listen to it Genesis 12 1 now the Lord had said to Abram get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. What he said was, Abraham, I want you to leave your father. I want you to leave Ur of the Chaldees. I want you to leave your father. I want you to leave your family. And that's an absolute reflection of Jesus Christ. 
The Father sent the Son. You're going to have to leave the Father. I'm going to send you into a land that is foreign to you called the earth. Called uh, where, where, uh, And I'm going to send you into this world. And that's exactly what we see beginning to happen. It's a reflection of Jesus Christ. He too is going to have to leave Father. He's going to go to a land that God is going to show him, his Father. Number two, we see the second visitation from God to Abraham where he's unveiling to Abraham. The covenant. He's unveiling to Abraham Christ in the covenant. And, and, and we know at the end of these unveilings, the Bible's going to tell us that Abraham believed God and it was accredited to him for righteousness. Why? He's already seen Jesus coming. He's already seen the fulfillment of it. He's had it revealed in the covenant. And that's what I'm hoping will happen to you each week in these covenant studies. Amen? So, we see here in the second visitation... Abraham is in Canaan, or Abram. And Lot has moved away and gone to, towards Sodom and Gomorrah. The two get big and they have to split up these herds and those herds. That, and all of a sudden when Abram is uh, looking at the desert, look at verse 13, uh, chapter 13 and verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, second visitation to Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, lift up now your eyes and look from the place where thou art northward, southward, eastward, and westward. So as I said, Lot had moved into the lush plains of Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible tells us. And when Abraham is now there, he's looking at the desert, the rest of what's left there. God said, I want you to look to the north. I want you to look to the south. I want you to look to the east. And I want you to look to the west. Because everywhere you look, I am going to give this to you. And it's the same promise the Father gives to Jesus Christ. Son, you are going to go into the world. And I want you to look to the north, to the south, to the east and to the west because everywhere you look I'm giving this to you this is your inheritance if you keep your part of the bargain you will inherit the world and you will also bring many sons and daughters into the kingdom of God amen and so this is what he's showing Abraham. This is what he's beginning to covenant. Number three, visitation. And he went in chapter 13, verse 3. And he went on his journey from the south, even to Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and, and, and Hai. And here is what he's saying here. Christ, he's saying that uh, he set up the house of God for Abram there. And what he's saying is Christ is going to come into the world and Christ is going to set up the house of God which is you and me I mean, just see it. Just see how the picture and the types and shadows of the covenants are being, they're unveiling a greater picture here that is, that is going to be fulfilled in the ultimate covenant of the one new man and then the new covenant that's coming into the future there. And Abraham is getting pieces where he's getting this revealed more about the coming Christ, more about the Messiah. And here again, he gets this picture that no, this is the house of God, but one day the house of God is going to be established God in you the hope of glory amen number four number four Genesis 15 1 fourth visitation after these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying fear not Abram I am your shield your exceeding great reward he comes there's a battle of kings I'm not going to for time because we want to move on to prayer but for time sake go read it the battle of kings takes place and they, they, the, the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah and others are being attacked and all of a sudden now Abram 
uh, our lot is taken captive and Abraham has to come. Word gets back to him and he has to come intervene, the Bible says. And all of a sudden, God comes and He reveals. He, he defeats them. He gets back Lot. He doesn't take it. He meets Melchizedek. An interesting visitation there. Pays tithes and, and different things go on. He refuses to take any of the spoils of war because he says, no, when God does this for my life, everybody's going to know it's God and not you. And then all of these things take place. And then there's, there's a worry about the repercussions of this war. Will they come back and attack again? What's going to go on? And God says to Abraham, fear not. My presence is with you. My power is with you. My protection is with you. Just like it was with Adam in the beginning. Just like it was with Noah. I've not withdrawn that from mankind. I'm working out a way that I'm going to always allow my presence to be with those who want it. My protection to be with those who want it. My power to be with those who want it. They will have covenant and relationship with me because it won't be man keeping his end of the bargain now. It will be between me and my son. Amen? And he says, I'm your shield. I'm your presence. I'm your protection. And the son is the same thing. He's saying, son, when you go down, I'm going to hold your hand. That's what he says in Isaiah 42, 6. I'm going to hold your hand, my son. In other words, it's the word Kazakh. And it means held by the power of God. Jesus, when you go down to that earth, when you go down and fulfill the plan of salvation, when you go down and do the new covenant, I'm going to Kazakh you. I will be holding your hand. Amen. I'll be holding you. You'll be held by the power of God. And God says to His Son, that's what's going to be there. My power, my presence, my provision. You don't have to fear anyone. And we see that demonstrated when Jesus... How many times do we see Jesus on the brow of a hill and all of a sudden the mob is about to kill Him and, and, and there's no way He should be able to escape and He just walks through. Held by the power of God. They're going to throw him off and he just walks through. I mean, they start fighting and they're crazy and he just walks through right there. And many times we see when they want to kill Jesus, how God is there keeping his end of the bargain. Son, if you go, I will kazak you. I will hold you by the hand and I will keep you. You'll be kept by my power. You'll be kept by my end of the promise and by my end of the bargain. And so number fifth visitation where Abraham is just seeing this unfold and seeing Christ revealed is number five in chapter 17 one and when Abram was 90 years old and nine the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him I am the almighty God walk before me and be thou perfect and there what he's saying does there will be a covenant that continues and he goes on to say the sign of that covenant is going to be circumcision and Christ came into the world later to make covenant and now it's not that kind of circumcision it's circumcision of the heart. I'm going to circumcise their heart and I'm going to make them a new people and a new creation. And so every single one of these meetings is not just there for us to see it in Abraham, but it's to see the reflection in Jesus Christ. Christ. Three visitors come and they speak to him during this time. And then we come to the sixth visitation. And he said, I will certainly, Genesis 18, 10, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent of the door, which was behind him. Now, now uh, there's a visitation in 18, 1 here. Uh, this, this is time. It's next year. Sarah is going to have a son. They both Laugh, the Bible says, but what they're basically you're seeing here is a new family is going to come through you, Abraham. And what God 
is saying in the reflection of Christ, a new family is going to come in you, Jesus. It's called the body of Christ. It's called the people of God. It's called both Jew and Gentile. And whosoever will, let them come into the family of Messiah, Yeshua. Oh my goodness, what you can learn if you know the covenants. Then we see the Sabbath visitation. Genesis 21, 12. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman in all that Sarah hath said unto thee. Hearken to her voice, for Isaac shall be thy seed uh, uh, that's called. And, and, and so we see that Hagar is going to be removed finally. They tried to have this fulfillment in the natural and we all know the story we all don't birth a Hagar and all these things Sarah get, they get a great idea of trying to uh, bring this in themselves and God says no God removes Hagar out of the situation and he brings the, the fulfillment of it look at verse 8 or, or the 8th reason uh, and, and Genesis 22 and 2 he says and he said this is the last visitation take now thy son thy only son Isaac whom thou lovest get thee into the land of Moriah offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell you of. And, and, and so we said in every covenant there has to be a sacrifice. There has to be a sacrifice. And we know that in covenant. Somebody has to die. There has to be bloodshed. An animal or something has to die. And so here we see God saying, sacrifice your son. And, 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 and when He takes him up there, He says, I, I, I see that you'll obey. And He stops him before He takes Isaac and slays him on the altar. He tells him to look over there. There's a ram caught in the thicket. And we know that's a type of, like we said, a reflection in all of these that one day the Lamb of God will be slain for the sin of the world and fulfill the end of the bargain of the covenant that none of you and I can fulfill. Amen? He's going to send His Son to die on the cross. And so, so these eight visitations that God has given Abraham, He's revealing something to Abraham. He's revealing His plan. He's revealing Christ in all of these. Listen to what John 8.56 says. Your father Abraham, Jesus is talking later to some people, and He says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, and he was glad of it. Jesus is saying, he said, you know, they say, who do you think you are? We got Abraham. And Jesus says, nope, Abraham rejoiced to see me standing here and to see this day. And before I was here physically, I was there speaking with Abraham eight different times. And so Abraham saw these visitations of Christ. He saw these. He saw. He saw these visitations. And Abraham didn't shake in his faith because of it. He had these visitations of Christ and of the covenant. And that's why his faith was solid. We're talking about getting on a foundation that's unshakable on solid ground. If you'll allow these covenants and these pillars to be unveiled to you, they're going to reveal more of the plan of God, more of the plan of God, more of the character of God, the covenant of works that fails. We're going to see the Noahic covenant. We're going to see the Abrahamic 
Mosaic covenant. Next week we're going to see the Mosaic covenant. And you're just going to see more and more of Christ revealed until we come to the cross and the fulfillment of the new covenant and out of the resurrection. It's just absolutely phenomenal. And when you can believe it and get a hold of it, why do you think the enemy doesn't want you to know about this? And I'm going to show you where he steals this from us. And he tried to steal it from Abraham. That he does this. He tries to steal this covenant theology from you because he knows if you get a hold of it, you're on an unshakable foundation and you're strong in your faith. Abraham, when he had it revealed to him, he did not waver. He did not shake in his faith. He was firm. He believed God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. Amen? And so when you get the revelation of Jesus Christ that comes to you by faith, then you become unshakable. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, Peter. But my Father which is in heaven. Amen? And so, so, so when the revelation comes, then it's unshakable. And we need an unshakable faith right now. Now there's three things, and I'm going to hurry. There's three things. You've got to get the rest of the Abrahamic story, and then we'll go to prayer. But I think this is, I think it leads into some of our help us with prayer today. But there's th- three things that we're going to see here real quick in Genesis 13, 16. And I want you to see this because this is important for you to understand and to keep you unshakable because God is forever holding His promise out there before us. And and it's a sure foundation. And listen to what He reveals further to Abraham in this covenant. Look at what He says in Genesis 13, 16. And I will make thy seed... I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. So Remember, we're talking about seed. And now he's unveiling this a little bit further. And I will make your seed as the dust of the earth so that if a man can number the dust, and I want you to look at these red letters here, man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. So the first thing that he tells us is this seed is going to be like the dust of the ground. Now look, so, so uh, look at the second one. Then he says this, and he brought him forth abroad and he said, look toward the heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto them, so shall thy seed be. So he's saying this kind of, hey, look, Abraham, if you get down one day and all you can do is you're walking around in COVID-19 and stuff's happening bad around you everywhere and all you can do is you're so discouraged and downcast that all you can do is look down at the ground. I'm going to give you a visual illustration that when you look at the very dust, you're going to see the promise that your seed is going to number as many on the ground. And then he said, if you're on the mountaintop one day because we prayed and something good happened and you're looking up into the sky, he is saying, then I'm going to show you that the stars of the heaven are going to be your seed. The promise is here. The promise is here. And then the last one, he says, and when you're just okay and you're just looking out on the horizon wondering what's going to happen, it's like looking down the seashore when you're at the beach and the seashore just goes for miles and miles and miles and miles. He said, that is the blessing. I will bless you and multiply and I'll multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. So whether you're looking up, whether you're looking down or whether you're looking out on the horizon, it does not matter because my promise is going to be there. It's ever before you.
I'm still going to give you my promise. Adam blew it. Mankind blew it. But I never stopped promising you my presence, my power, my provision. I'm going to cover you with my grace. My seed is going to come and redeem mankind so that you can continue to have my promise, my provision, my presence with you always. And when you mess up and you don't know how it's going to come back, you just look at the promise I put in the heavens. You look at the promise I put on the ground. You look at the promise I put on the seashore. It's all around you. I'm going to fulfill my end of the covenant, my end of the bargain, and it's going to happen. And the promise is ever before you and it's coming through my seed that's going to come through you, Abraham. It's what I'm doing. So quickly, last three things, then we'll go to prayer. So, in chapter 12, in chapter 15, in chapter 17, we said God's going to give a promise. Then He's going to cut this new covenant with Abram. And then He's going to establish that covenant in chapter 17. And I just want to quickly read this and show you the promise, the covenant, and then Him continue it. So let's go. Chapter 12. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Five times he says blessed or blessing. And that's the number of grace. And, and then look at verse 4. And so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to Him. The blessing that comes through Christ will override every curse that was placed upon mankind. The blessing that comes through Christ will override every curse that was placed upon the earth. The blessing that comes through Christ will free all of us. It's going to be amazing and it's going to be incredible. It will override every single curse. Galatians 3.13 tells us Christ has redeemed us from the curse. And that's what He's showing us, folks. It's Christ. The seed. Through Abraham. The, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. Hey, through Christ. All the families who want to be in the earth are going to be able to come in and be blessed. You, me, we're blessed today because of Christ coming into the world. For God so loved the world, He gave. The drunkard out there today is blessed because he still has the opportunity to accept Jesus and be part of the family of God. The families of the world will be blessed because of you, Abram. But it's really the reflection of Christ. Amen? And at the revelation of Christ, the blessing overtakes the curse. So we see the promise that the blessing is going to come and it's going to overtake the curse. So here's where he cuts covenant in chapter 15. Stay with me and then we're going to quit. Listen, the new covenant. Here's where he comes in with a new covenant here from the old covenant that we've seen in the, it was the Adamic covenant. Genesis 15, 5. Here's what he says. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward the heaven and tell the stars if you be able to number them. And he said unto 
unto him, so shall thou be thy seed. Now seed is children or family correlates to children. Then look at verse 6. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? So here we go. God is about to cut covenant with God. And I'm fixing to show it to you. Amazing. Because what he tells him to do is take some of the animals and I want you to slay. He wants him to take a ram. He wants him to take a heifer. He wants him to take some goats. He wants them to divide them, put them in two lines. Then he says, I want you to take some birds and, and some fowls. And I, I mean, I want you to take some pigeons and I want you not to divide them. And I want you to place them down there. And now that's going to reveal Christ as well, because it's a sacrifice. Sacrifice in the Bible is revealing Christ. It's revealing Christ to us. Somebody has to die. Somebody has to pay. And here we have these animals down. God's cutting this covenant all of a sudden. And now what begins to happen? God, the, the enemy does not want him to get revelation of the covenant. So what happens? Birds of the air and fowls, demonic creatures start coming down out of the heavens. And he has to begin to fight them away. Because listen, there's probably demonic things in here right now causing you to look at your yard. Watch. Causing you to yawn. Causing you to say this guy just yells a lot and just preaches too long. And guess what? The fowls of the air, they don't want you to get this covenant theology. They don't want you to see Christ in the covenant. So they're constantly coming down and trying to steal the sacrifice away from you. And here's something very interesting. Melvin calls me all the time. We talk a lot and pray a lot in the week and discuss things. And he'll say the birds are out again when he goes by the church or somewhere else. And I know what he's talking about. It's like Abraham. Birds are out. And boy, the birds have out, been out in 2020, 2021. Trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Trying to steal faith from your heart. Trying to steal the covenant. Trying to steal Christ out of your heart. And, 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 and to sow some discord. And to sow some unbelief. And to sow all kinds of things in your life. And here, it, it, we just see this revelation of Christ. And, and, and Abraham having to fight off this attack from the birds and the fowls of the air that comes down. The devil trying to steal this covenant from you. And the, the revelation of this covenant. And the revelation of Abraham to take him deeper. And reveal the covenant of Christ to him. And that's exactly what begins to happen. And so the next thing that's absolutely amazing is next. Abraham is put to sleep. Just like Adam was put to sleep in the garden. But here... We see that when the sun went down in Genesis 15, 12, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And in Genesis 15, 17, here's what it says. Adam, you couldn't fulfill it. There ain't no way Abraham's going to fulfill it. So I'm going to put him in a deep sleep and I'm going to fulfill the part of the covenant. I'm going to pass through. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace or a fire and a burning lamp that passed between the pieces and in the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying unto your seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river of Euphrates he put Abram to sleep and folks I made a covenant with Adam and with Noah they can't keep it I'm going to put you into a sleep and I'm going to make a covenant with my son and I'll come through those pieces 
And the obligation will be, if I do not keep them, then let me be as those pieces are. Because that's what a covenant was about. If you don't keep your end of the bargain, then you're going to be slain just like this. And I'm going to tell you what. He did come. And He was slain on the cross for you and me and for our sins. And He came to die for the sins of the world. And He made covenant. Karat, that's a new covenant here. It's a new word for covenant. And then in Genesis 15, why is it new? Here's why it's new. Because I'm not requiring you to do anything to stay in relationship with me. I'm going to be responsible for keeping you in relationship with me. Boy, you don't sound like you believe it. And that's why he said in Hebrews 13.5, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And then last place, Genesis 17. Here he comes and he reiterates the covenant. He establishes it and then he continues it. Look at Genesis 17.4 in closing. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you and thou shalt be a father of many nations. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make the nation make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and you, and thy seed after thee, you and their generation for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto you and to your seed after you. In other words, I'm going to make you exceedingly fruitful. And that's what he did. He created man. He blessed him and said, be fruitful and multiply in the earth. Now it's between, not between man and God. Now it's between God. Now it's, now it's here between God the Father and His righteous Son and the same promise, blessings and dominion that was given to Adam. He says it's an everlasting covenant and so Abraham is a type of Christ here and Christ is going to come through the seed and He's going to fulfill this covenant and it's going to be an everlasting covenant covenant and there's going to be fruitfulness that is coming to come to you and me and all mankind and it doesn't matter your situation if you look up you'll see the promise you look down you'll see the promise if you look out then you'll see the promise so I will establish my covenant with you I will continue my covenant with you not just for a few centuries but forever it's an everlasting covenant and I will cause it to continue and to continue and to continue and Genesis 17 says it is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and thy seed after you and every man child among you shall be circumcised and God said Sarah your wife shall bear thee a son indeed and thou shall call his name Isaac and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him it's all about the seed in the abrahamic covenant and i want to close out with one last little illustration before we go to prayer you with me aren't the covenants good news amen amen so here's in closing the bible says Abrahamic covenant's all about seed. He says, with one seed, one seed, I'm going to destroy the power of the enemy. One seed. One seed of Eve. And I'll destroy the works of the devil. And the devil laughed. Right? The devil laughed. How can one seed destroy everything? So then the Bible says, that from that one seed came 12 patriarchs, or came Abraham. It's Abraham, really. It started with Abraham. 
And then we have 12 patriarchs. And once again, from 12 patriarchs, the Bible says, then 70. Then we have 70 uh, that, that, that go into Egypt. So we'll put another 70 in the bowl. From that one seed. And we got 70 now that are going down into Egypt. But then when they come out of oppression and darkness in Egypt, we got about 400. We got about 400 there that come out of Egypt. So we see that one seed, we see that what's happening and what's taking place here. And then we see that when after this they come into the land, in the promised land, and then we see that they come into the promised land and, uh, uh, and they begin to grow. And so now when they enter the promised land, we got about three million seed that are going into the bowl now. And we see this that are happened until we see Christ come. Christ comes, the Bible says. And, and, and the devil's got his hands full. If they'd only believed, I mean, so much more could have happened. But all of a sudden, this has all worked out to Christ. So we really, we take Christ out of the bowl. And that's really what, here, Christ, this is where it's really going to happen. Here's the seed that had been promised all the way back there where it's grown. And the devil's saying, well, that really doesn't bother me that really doesn't bother me oh it will bother you now because this is the seed that was promised the one seed that's going to come out of Abraham out of the patriarchs out of all the other the seed that is going to come and that is going to 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 do the covenant that's going to come and that's going to pay for the sins of mankind and the sins of the world and so here we go I'm going to take that one seed and then I'm going to take 12 little fishermen 12 and maybe a couple of tax collectors in there and we're going to take this fisherman and these 12 disciples and they're going to go. And then he says no. And then I'm going to have 120 that are going to go into an upper room and they're going to be put into the bowl. And then he says that out of those 120 that are filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, one of them is going to come out with a seed inside of him and he's going to preach. And guess what? 3,000 are going to be added to the family of God. And now we're going to see this. And then that church that has 3,000 persecution and all kinds of things begin to happen and every day they're multiplying and they're turning the world upside down and so 5,000 are quickly added because of one seed and then another are added and then more are added and we just see the seed continuing to go out and God saying my covenant is going to be everlasting after everlasting and then we see another generation that comes and the seed is still going and another generation that comes and the seed is still going and another generation that comes and the seed is still going and then we come down to this and maybe this is me and you in the last generation right here maybe this is us way down here but guess what you're still going the seed is still coming and the seed is still producing through this one seed all the families of the earth will be blessed I will keep my covenant with you and I, your, my presence will be with you my power will be with you my provision will be with you and he keeps pouring and then we come to the next generation and then we come to the Romans and we come to the next generation and we come to the another generation and then the 18th and the 19th and the 20th century until because my covenant is everlasting and it will go on forever and forever and forever until the final generation is poured out and Jesus comes back for his people. And that's the Abrahamic covenant. It's all about one seed. It's all about one seed. And that's the one seed we're about to pray to.
who's our mediator between man and God. Whoever lives to make intercession for us at the right hand of the Father. And, and who, can, who can hear us and help us in our time of need now. That we have access now to God through Him. And I'm going to pray and close that part and then I'm going to read a passage of Scripture and then I'm going to invite Melvin up and then we're going to continue to pray. We're going to pray for our nation. And we have a right to pray to God. And we have a right to be in the family of God. And we have a right to these things because of the blood of the Son that was shed for you and me. And so we have access through Him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And so let me pray and then we'll move into the next part of the service. Father, we love You. We thank You, God, for Your covenant. Thank You for continuing to reveal to us, Lord, the covenant of works. God, then You took us into covering it with Your grace, destroying the evil and the wickedness and bringing us into Your grace. You fulfilling, booing us up by Your grace and Your mercy. And then today that we see this ultimate plan, God, that through Your seed... Through Your promised seed, God, You're going to save the world. You're going to save the world and the families of the world. And God, we're so thankful for Christ. We're thankful for the Jewish people. We're thankful for Abraham. We're thankful, that God, for Sarah. We're thankful for the plan. We're thankful for each, each new revelation that's revealed in each one of these, God. And we're so grateful for that. Make our faith strong. Put us on an unshakable foundation in Christ that we can weather any storm in the coming days, any persecution, anything that happens, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.